The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Rob. I've worked in Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 in village schools and in Milton Keynes. And I'm Nicola, and I've taught Key Stage 2 from Year 3 all the way to Year 6 for quite a few years now. And I've also taught at university, inspiring future teachers to do the best they can in education. And today we are exploring what science we can teach with our original story, Exploring the Water Cycle. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for drip, drop, plop. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as a paperback illustrated by Corky Paul's cracking protégé, Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. In fact, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob and Nicola, and today we are exploring the science behind Drip, Drop and Plop. This is a story about the water cycle. Is science where you would fit the water cycle? Is Science and geography. It's certainly in the English National Curriculum, it's both. Oh, okay. From a science point of view, you're thinking about the molecules and how the states of matter change. So you're thinking yes. about condensation, evaporation and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And it's very much uh, a key stage two topic, isn't it? For ages seven to 11, those states of matter. Yeah, it's definitely in my comfort zone. <laughs> well, in that case, let's start with you for this episode, Nicola. Would you like to kick us off with your science objectives? I would love to. One of the um, things I've done in the past is thinking about the molecular structure of water, of steam and of ice, Hmm. getting the children to actually become those molecules. So when it's ice, they're all very close together and they're sort of vibrating slightly. When it's water, they're moving in and out of each other. And then when it's steam, they're sort of bouncing off the sides and and using sort of drama within science to help get them to understand that Mm. and then to represent that in scientific diagrams as well. I think I did that right at the beginning of my teaching. That was one of the first things I I ever taught and it still is relevant today and works in the classroom. So getting them to understand those properties basically about how states of matter change. Mm. I worked in year four, the year we've just had, and I did that exact activity. Did you? Excellent. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, they they enjoy it, don't they? Especially the becoming gas and running around everywhere. (laughs) And if you have your room being like the power station container from the story, so you can get them to imagine that one of the walls maybe is the heated floor and that's what gives them their energy and helps them to shoot up through the others. You can also start exploring how uh, hot liquid rises, hot air rises and so on. Yeah, true. Sorry, can you hear my puppy in the background barking? Just. 
every now and then I'm trying to text my daughter to say, come and help, help. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so with science, so many different ideas, so many different materials that the water droplets were going into. So hmm. the role of soil, photosynthesis, how fruit is made. Literally each one of these I could take, you know, hold three or four weeks on to develop. Hmm. The digestive system came up. Another thing, what's needed for life? What, what sustains life? I know that comes up more at secondary school, so age 11 plus in hmm. the UK system, but it does come into the older age range so the things that are needed for life and again they all come through that story there are so many ideas would they come through in a single term like would you be able to use this story to help you explore all of these different topics with your class across a term or would it be more like a year no not necessarily a year possibly one or two terms i mean i'm thinking of the different topics we've got the digestive system which is often Mm. sort of five or six weeks plant life cycles which again could be five or six weeks and that could be the role of soil in that as well so yeah Mm. possibly a term and a half it could certainly come in but the great thing is that you could use this story you could have one of those topics that you know you're going to cover and then use this story within that yeah i mean it'd be a good way of yeah spreading the story out as well so that they're constantly waiting for the next episode as it were yeah you might have to alter the story to do that you might want to just send drip down the photosynthesis path for example and just send drop into the digestive system but you're absolutely at liberty to do that and of course if you do choose to do it that way you could spend so long exploring drips journey so long exploring drops and then what a way to finish the term to bring all of the drops back together that's a brilliant idea that takes forward thinking when you're planning. But now that people can hear that on this podcast, they can plan ahead. <laughs> Great idea. Yeah, it's the best way to use storytelling in the classroom, I think, is to to plan your entire term's teaching around a particular story because that can then just prolong the engagement uh, and keep the excitement going all the way through the term. Definitely. And, and the digestive system, I thought, was really unexpected in the story. I wasn't expecting that to happen at that point. And I was really then excited thinking, wow. And I, I was... I'm thinking the kids at the end would be very excited to think about excrement and that sort of things when it, mm. it, it came out the other end as well. But um, that always um, gets children interested. But again, that comes up with the different processes that are needed for life. Yeah, I, it surprises me actually that you you don't see those linked a bit more because uh, if you get into secondary school biology or A-level biology, so for us that would be ages 16 to 18, um, you do tend to see the processes of photosynthesis and digestion linked by respiration because it's anaerobic respiration isn't it the sort of um, energy transfer that goes on through the digestive system whereas photosynthesis is aerobic respiration i believe um well you, you guys are nodding so <laughs> in my very small sample group here i'm gonna i'm gonna say i've probably not made a mistake qualified biologist that you are so, uh, yeah, I, I do feel that you could maybe start the process of linking some of the worlds of science, even at this stage. Yeah. I mean, you could even link it to PE and respiration because mm-hmm. the sweat came up in the story, didn't it? That's right. You can do a science investigation about how your heart rate and how you feel when you exercise. Mm. And again, that comes up with perspiration and, and our water droplets could be there again. Absolutely. Is there any scientific module which is just linking the modules? I don't know what I'd call it myself. Solids, liquids and gases, without a doubt, is Mm. the main one that could be covered. But it comes into all, all the other areas that I mentioned as well. Yeah, human biology, plants. 
Excellent. So this story is the primary school equivalent of a theory of everything. Yes. If you want to use it that way, yes. I think I think the idea, like we said in the English episode, of, of plotting out the story so they understand those different points. And then once they're clear of the story format, you can then take each of those points and then elaborate them within science is a great idea. Beautiful. How about the ages four to seven, though, Rob? Would you see as many science objectives for that age range in this story? I did think about particularly the first drop, the parts of a plant. Uh It encounters the roots and then it goes through the leaves and it thinks about those. So definitely start to explore what are the different parts of a plant? What are their different features? What are their purposes? What do they do? Why do we have them? Do all plants have them? things like that and then kind of thinking as well linked a bit to states of matter an inquiry question i'd ask is why does a greenhouse have drops inside it especially on a hot day why why have those drops come from Mm. i would explore it with them i wouldn't say okay we're doing key stage two science now even though we are but i would just kind (laughs) of start to explore what's happening there and then similar to what nicholas said as well i would start to explore how to survive in terms of what do different things need to survive Mm. we all need energy and we all need water and where do we get them from and how do we get them and how do we use them this story touches on those ideas so yeah i'd link it to that as well i mean you get to see just how essential water is for all walks of life really through this story don't you and that's certainly something that you should be aware of from a very young age because we're all encouraged to drink as much water as possible to be healthy human beings yes we are for good reason (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) because we're saying that to all of our children all of the time make sure you've got a drink Mm. it's not kind of oh why are they saying that is they can see the actual link to it and Mm. it might start getting the children to think scientifically about why are we doing this why are we being asked to drink and you go because we need it to make sure that we've got the energy in our muscles and things like that yeah and uh, i mean you you feel that this would be a kind of story that would engage ages four to seven yes it would engage them but it would probably engage them through the different places that the drops go to so then you could explore the science through that not kind of oh wow the the drops are taking part in photosynthesis yes of course (laughs) no i get that but i think for me one of the things that makes storytelling such a powerful teaching tool is that it excites the sort of natural dispensation that children have towards just finding stuff out and they are in this world they're seeing things happen and they want to know why and so you are taking them to all of these different places alongside these characters inside their head so why not start to explore a little bit of photosynthesis and digestion and all of those other science subjects with them even though they are quite quite young they'll probably retain that information more by meeting it in this story at age I don't know, five or six yeah. than they would if they um, first met it on a whiteboard at yeah, age yeah. eight or nine. Yes, I agree. Mm. It's kind of encouraging their natural curiosity, isn't it? Like, so That's what happens it, yeah. when something goes into my body? Where does it go? What's in there? And why is it important for me to carry that water bottle around? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And how much water should I drink? I mean, obviously in the heat recently, we've had, mm. I was encouraging my class to drink. We had a challenge. We had to drink a bottle by the end of the half hour or something. It was so hot in our classroom. So we, um, we had challenges of how, how much we needed to drink to stay hydrated. 
That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks, and indeed this week. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. We'll be back next week so Drip, Drop, and Plop can help us plan lessons in geography, design and technology, art, music, and physical education. Right now, though, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon! soon.